Dan and Corey here, welcoming you in to Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our people. We, the people, cannot turn back. Yeah, welcome in to another rousing rendition of Libservative, the show of intellectual idiots fostering political and cultural literacy. He, as always, hmm. is Corey Walsh. And he's Dan Griffin. And for Bell the Body Snatcher, this is going to be a great episode. I'm vastly underprepared. Dan, I might be biased, but I think that every episode is a great episode. You are just all sunshine and rainbows, aren't you, Corey Walsh? I just, you know, I just just enjoy being here and hanging out with you guys. (laughs) You you laughed. You didn't say the same back. I like how soft you can be sometimes. It's very... (laughs) 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 Fuck you guys. Hell yeah, brother! Hell yeah, uh, brother. Topics covered tonight. Uh, we're uh, we're gonna shit on the uh, cultural conservatives a little bit this evening because they have a huge problem with something that the L.A. Dodgers have done uh, when they're really defending child rapists. So that's fun. Actual child rapists this time. This isn't like a PizzaGate, like Hillary Clinton's feeding off of the children under a <laughs> under a, a a DC pizza parlor type of child rapist. These are actual child rapists. Uh, yes, we're talking about the Catholic Church. We'll get into that. Uh, we're going to talk about the debt ceiling a little bit. I don't want to, but I just feel like we have to because I, I hate this topic because it always turns out the same way, but we'll go over it. We're gonna, we got a little bit of a, a graphic packaging update uh, for the, the poisoning of Kalamazoo. We had a, a Redditor who uh, shit on the way we covered this a little bit. We'll get to that maybe towards the end of the show because I've got some stuff to say. He is supposed to come on the show uh, in the near future, so that, that should be fun. Um, and what the hell did I miss? Oh, the Montana TikTok ban, which I'm not going to lie to you guys. Uh, I'm going to let you carry the, carry the load on that one a little bit. I haven't had too much of a chance to look into that, but before we get into any of it, Corey Walsh, tell the people all of the wonderful places in which they can find our content. Okay. <laughs> Libservative podcast is found on social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservativeshow.com. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at Libservative Pub. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast, and you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. And, you know, we've been slacking on making TikTok videos lately. I know. You know what it is? It's the nice weather. I just want to go outside. <laughs> I mean, I guess we can make TikToks outside. That is. Maybe definitely- we should. Maybe on, maybe on our. So for anyone uh, who's listening, I've recently gotten Dan into uh, disc golf. And maybe we all were together. We just make some TikTok videos where we're throwing discs. And now, and now I have to get Corey more into ball golf. I've held up my end of the bargain. I don't know. We made a bargain. <laughs> but hey, to it be was fair, implied. to be fair, on Monday I said we might have to replace some of these disc golf sessions with going to the uh, the, the shooting uh, range. <laughs> yeah, well, that too. We could do that. That's fine. But uh, to the uh, driving range. No, guns are bad, Corey. We can't. No, guns the are... people who use guns are bad. Guns don't they kill use people. People kill reasons. people. Right? Amen, brother. 
I look a little blue on the screen tonight. I think my lighting's fucked up. You I don't sad? care. I really don't care. You sad? You uh, sad little, boy? Yeah, I'm. I'm a little sad. I'm a little sad. Actually, no. You know what? I had a great Memorial Day weekend, Corey Walsh, and I'm an, and and not for the reasons that you might think. I actually had. So you know how on this show, very often we like to shit on the way in which policing is conducted in this country, right? And I think we have good reason for doing that. It is an institution that has a lot we're of gonna, We're going to do it tonight when we talk about Uvalde. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, the, so m- m- Sunday morning over the Memorial Weekend, um, since Corey has recently gotten me a little more interested in disc golf, I do have a, a, a short nine-hole course behind, like right next to my house. I can walk over there in five minutes. So Sunday morning, I'm like... Lucky fuck. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm smoking up some uh, some jalapeno poppers. So after I throw them in the smoker, I'm like, I don't know. I got like a couple hours to kill because it's just a set it and forget it kind of deal. So I walk over and it's, I don't know, it's probably 10 o'clock in the morning and I'm, you know, practicing my putts on the little practice basket. And uh, a, uh, a police officer from my town rolls up into the park and stops. And I have my headphones on, so I'm not I just see his car pull in didn't see him stop i'm throwing some putts i got my headphones on and I, I look around and he's like talking to me and being that we're not huge fans of law enforcement no, i was a little suspicious i was a little suspicious but i said hey you know, you know what's up gives me a, a big smile and he goes uh hey how hard is this course <laughs> and i'm like it's it's not hard it's it's short it's a good little practice course like yeah i just got into this game and I'm looking for like shorter courses to play so i can get a little bit better and i talked to this cop for probably i don't know five ten minutes and we just bullshit about disc golf while he's sitting in his police cruiser and i'm throwing putts and he just smiles and says uh you know hey uh you know have a nice day and pulls into the parking lot turns around and goes on about his day now you gotta you gotta remember this is sunday morning the Sunday morning shift for a police officer is probably not that difficult. Probably not a whole lot going on, especially in my neck of the woods. Uh, Did you uh, pitch our show? Did you do a shameless plug? You should listen to Live Servative. I didn't. Well, if we had talked about politics, maybe I would have. But the interesting part about that is, like, not only did I have a pleasant exchange with my uh, hometown municipality police department, I came back to the very same park the uh, the, the later that evening after we had... Uh, uh, gone through all of our Memorial Day barbecues for the day and to play a little bit more disc golf. And I'm coming around to one of the holes and there is a black family that has like a uh, uh, a sleeping, like a tent, not like a tent like that you that's like an awning that you put up to just shade you, but like an actual camping tent set up kind of to the side of one of the holes and they were barbecuing and clearly having Memorial day festivities or whatever. And so I'm, I'm throwing my discs and I notice a police car pull up and walk up to this, this barbecue. I'm like, Oh God, what the hell is going to happen here? That's my immediate suspicion is I'm automatically suspicious. Right. And so they pull up and I kind of, I overhear a little bit of the conversation and all these cops were doing was just, they saw the tent and they were just making sure, hey, we're just making sure you're not camping out here overnight. Can't do that on our on our public parks. Um, the libertarian in me doesn't love that a whole lot, but, you know, it is what it is. Got to follow the laws. 
Uh, and he, they basically were just like, just, you know, just so you know, the park closes in an hour and a half. And we just want to make sure you guys weren't camping out. They talked for about five minutes, pleasant conversation, pleasant exchange. Cops get back in their police cruiser and leave. And the reason I bring these anecdotes up is because as much as we do have an issue with the way policing is conducted in this country, that is two really normal, pleasant exchanges with my local police department at the exact same park on the exact same day between two completely different demographics of people. So you heard it here first, folks. I'm buying a BLM. A BLM. I'm buying a thin blue line flag. Is that why you you're, you put that blue sheen on your screen today, Dan? I'm buying a I'm buying a, a thin blue line flag tomorrow. And I'm Dan's gonna, I'm getting gonna, callous knees for the muscle of the state. And I'm and I'm gonna put and I'm gonna put it right next to my uh, my don't tread on me flag <laughs> with, the, with the Punisher sticker. Uh, no, no. I, I just felt, I just I felt like it was a and pleasant anecdote I should share, given that it was Memorial Day weekend. No, I I joke, and uh, it's uh, the um, there's millions of interactions with police like every day in our country. If if it was as bad as some people would like to think it is, we know. My issue is the ones who do bad that don't get the account. Like there's no accountability. Well, we know people. We know people that hate. We know people that hate cops so much that they say things like, "There's no such thing as a good cop." To which I always respond with, "Like, okay, is there no such thing as a good cop? Or, but, but is is there such thing as a as a cop who is a good person? Because it's it's like it's almost like the same way I feel about the military, right? Like, I don't have an issue with the soldier who signs up when they're seventeen, and doesn't really realize what they're doing doesn't really realize what or who they're fighting for and they go over and i don't know maybe they you know kill a couple iraqi iraqis or whatever you know 10 years ago you know and they come home and they think they did a good thing and they genuinely believe from a virtuous position that they did a good thing and that's not a bad person you know what i mean that that veteran that came home and fought in a in a war that was a waste of time, American lives and, and foreign lives. Right. It's Whether not we a agree bad human with being. the war or not, that individual thought they were doing the right thing. They thought they were coming from a virtuous place. We see that all the time in various walks of life where mm-hmm. people f- truly believe they're being virtuous. They, they're doing things for virtuous reasons. I feel that way about, um, you know, a, a lot of people that support LGBTQ rights. Like, right. Like, so we have issues with, we, not just us, but there's the uh, there's the issue of you know children and gender affirming care and surgeries and it's a very different conversation. Um, but people that maybe defend those things actually feel like they're coming from a virtuous place. And who are we to tell them that they're not coming from a virtuous place? When when somebody thinks they're doing something virtuous and you tell them that they're evil Satanists, that conversation ends right there. It's over right there. That's not the that's not the right conversation to be had. I feel that way about cops. I feel that way about the military. I feel that way about uh, you know LGBTQ rights in certain aspects. A lot of walks of life where that's where that's taking place. Where you want you talk about pro life, pro choice, right? Again, both sides. Why is it such a contentious issue? Both sides feel they have good points, and they do have good right. So I don't know it's just an interesting anecdote. I fi- I figured I would share. I was I was pleased by it. I guess you could say. Ooh. You're pleased that no one got shot. 
<laughs> Especially me. It's a pretty pretty good bar to have, I guess. Especially me. I don't care about those blacks. Dude, I got I'm to kidding. Spend, I'm kidding. I got to spend the whole weekend on the west side of the state on the beach. I beached it up, did some discing, played in some beautiful courses, and I was reading uh Sorry guys, we stormed the Capitol. I was reading that book. I'm about halfway done with it. I begun that. We do plan to have the author Ben Hamilton on the show. Yep. It's very it's I'm on I think I'm through the first two chapters. I read the introduction and the first the first two chapters. It's humorous. Like, yeah, there's a funny. lot of uh, he's a funny guy. I can't wait. I can't wait to talk to Ben. Dude, ben, if you're listening, says, as soon as as soon as Corey and I get through the book, man, we're gonna have you on. I've been yeah, I've been uh I'm reading the book and like some of his like perceptions and insights on things that uh, it's literally like this fucker's reading my mail. He's inside my brain <laughs> and it's great. Well, and it, it's it. what's refreshing about it so far to me is that like I, there are a lot of people like us out there, right? Nobody would listen to this show if, if people didn't kind of think similar to the way that we do. It's like, it's just like, Hey, can we just take a step back and actually analyze the situation before we like form a just goofy dig opinion. our heels in on yeah. one side of the other Bef- before we form a goofy opinion on it? I mean, we've talked about how we feel about January 6th multiple times on this show. Uh, it was a horrible day. Like we can admit that it was a horrible, ridiculous, it, you know, in some ways dangerous day in American history. But we can also take a step back and, and understand that, like, dude, people are fucking pissed. People are just fucking frustrated with our government. And what makes it more frustrating is they don't really understand why they're pissed or why they're supposed to be pissed, which is why they latch on to a guy like Donald Trump. That's mm-hmm. why, you know, my opinion in over the last, you know, since 2016 has has about Trump voters has evolved. Like I was one of those guys that thought like every Trump voter was a piece of shit for a long time. For probably two years, I thought that maybe three. But then as the 2020 election came along, you know, you, you really start to recognize like. It makes sense why they like this guy. They don't understand. What he actually was as a president, they don't take the time to really evaluate his presidency from an objective perspective. But I get why people voted for him, especially 100%. in 2016, not maybe not in 2020 so much, but. Definitely in 2016, I get it. Like, people are mad. Like, we're tired of this shit. Yeah. So, like, like actually, it's funny you say that because I'll actually write down one of my notes I wrote about the book. Uh, the Capitol wasn't about Trump. It wasn't about Biden. It was about a light at the end of the tunnel fading. Trump was from the outside. The outside was inside, and that inside was getting turned out. To go from Trump back to the establishment was unacceptable. Not when they were so close to draining the swamp. Yeah, when they really weren't. Uh, right, yeah. right. But that's this is from the perspective of how these people saw it. Yeah, the he, president told him to storm the Capitol. He talks Quite about. Like uh, he talks about in the introduction. Uh, 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 what was it? He was talking to to. Uh, I, I mean, it, it's slipping my mind a little bit here, but he has he has a little interview with an old man while he's at the Washington Monument. And I don't know if this is the introduction or chapter one, but it's towards the beginning of the book. He's talking to him and he, by the end of the interview there, he meant Ben mentions that there are a lot of folks that are at the Capitol that have these, have this really strange belief 
that if they can just stop Joe Biden from being in a certain place at a certain time and being sworn in that he won't become president. Yeah. What they don't ever tell you is like, okay, let's say that's true. Let's just say if you stopped Joe Biden from getting to the Capitol steps on January 20th, 2021, and suddenly he just wasn't going to be president anymore. What next? And none of them have an answer. I know. Like it's just like you're you're off into the abyss at that point. I it's 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 and it's what's really terrifying is the amount of people that he interviewed on January sixth that just don't understand fucking eighth grade civics. Yeah, I mean it's like it's bad. <laughs> like it's these people that consider themselves such amazing, uh, such a, a amazing American patriots that don't even understand their history. Like the like the group of women that were holding up the uh the 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 what the 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 Caesar the, phrase the semper yeah. what what is it the semper tyrant semper fi, semper tyrannus or whatever it is yeah semper tyrannus I think or something along those lines yeah N- not even understanding that it was the people that thought they were saving the republic that actually destroyed it <laughs> right when you look back at 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 the Romans. It's, it's, it's fascinating. I, I can't wait to dig into it. A I know, they more. were like, if anything, Trump was Caesar. Right, right, right. That's what they, <laughs> think. That's what they think. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm sorry. That's what he thinks. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, from your perspective, Trump was the Caesar. <laughs> anyway, uh, we recommend it where we're, we hope to have been on soon. That's uh, sorry, guys. We stormed the Capitol. It's you know what, though? You know what I don't like? And I'm going to I'm going to say this right now. I have a little bit of a qualm with the title of the book only because for only for this reason, like I understand it and you understand it. But like anybody who was there on January 6th and might be an overly Trump supporting person is going to look at that title and go, fuck, I'm not reading this fucking problem. No, I'm not sorry. You know what I mean? I don't know what else he could have named the book and we'll talk to him about it when we talk to him. But like I look at that title and I go, I could see that being off putting. <laughs> yeah, I was on the beach reading it. And there was a couple of points where I'm like, I don't know if I should just have this title out. <laughs> Well, especially from far away, because like if you look at the cover, I don't know if you have it with you, but if you look at the cover, like the, the sorry guys, guys is it's really tiny. small up in the corner. <laughs> yeah, but it just, says, just we stormed the capital <laughs> in bright red letters on a black background. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, great book. We, we hope to have Ben on soon. Corey and I are going to motor through that book uh, and and reach out to Ben and have him on the show. It should be a good conversation. Uh, where do you want to start, Corey? You want to start with uh, you want to start with uh, the. Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence? Sure. Or do you want to start with the debt ceiling? Either way. I could get, I could really get warmed up with shitting on cultural conservatives because they're it's like the it's like you and I and Bell were talking about in the in the show prep meeting last night about like uh between hating wokeism versus hating the people that hate wokeism. It's like the LeBron James thing that I talk about all the time. Like, right, what, like what's what more thinking? annoying, LeBron James himself or the people that hate LeBron James? <laughs> Because <laughs> they're both really annoying. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so the LA Dodgers have, I don't know how long they've been doing this, but they've always had like a little pride night where they honor certain LGBT members of uh, or, or communities or what have you. And they decided to honor this group, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, which is, we we didn't even need to take a deep dive into this group. 
really all they are is a group of LGBTQ advocates, among other things. Uh, I think Bell's got the list of all of the things that, that they support. Um, that basically just caricaturize the Catholic church. Like they dress up in face paint and put on like nuns gowns and they caricaturize Christianity. And what sort of response do you think you get from cultural conservatives on that? They're oh, Satanists. They lost their fucking right? mind. Yeah. They're Satanists. They're, they're horrible, disgusting Satanists, rapists, whatever groomers. And I look at this and I go, okay, if you can point to a way in which they uh, are like, you can't even really compare them to like drag queen story hour, right? Be at least not that I've been able to see. And maybe somebody can point this out that I don't know about, but like even drag queen story hour, right? Where you're like getting kids together in a library to have a book read by, uh, you know, a man in a dress. I don't really give a shit. That doesn't really concern me that much, but you can see kind of the conservative angle for why maybe that's inappropriate, right? I don't even see that with this group. They're just goofballs making fun of Catholics. I mean, I grew up Catholic. I always make fun of Catholics. Anything that makes fun of Catholics is hilarious to me. They're just a satirical group. Is it maybe a little silly that the Dodgers are honoring them at their pride night? Okay, sure. It's, but it's nothing more than just silly. It's not a danger right. to your children. They're not a Satanist group trying to groom your kids. Just knock it off, Ben Shapiro. Yeah, I, I doubt. Matt I Walsh. doubt that they're gonna do their whole gimmick and show in the middle of the field. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're just gonna come out probably and wave and do all that shit. If they're gonna have some guy dancing on a pole with a guy on the cross, I can see people being upset about it. But so Bell just sent us something in the private channel. It's, he said, "I'm gonna read it verbatim." A lot of the shit they protest is real shit. That's why we love having Bell as our Google person because he just he just throws out the real words. Uh, things things including the Gulf War, uh, poll tax, uh, minor strike of '85 in the UK. You know they're they're uh, they seem to be a legitimate activist group twerk on their way to freedom yeah who just dress up like catholic nuns and paint their faces and make fun of catholics a little bit yeah and so the reason why we're even bringing this up is because the right likes to do this weird like salem witch trial almost thing where they just yell instead of yelling witch still they yell groomer 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 mm -hmm. groomer mm -hmm. meanwhile <clears throat> in illinois uh a report came out that names 451 Catholic clerics, religious brothers who abused children between 1950 and 2019. And how recent did this, how recent, did this, how recently did this report come out? So the report itself came out May 23, 2023. Okay. So we're talking about less than a week ago. Yeah. As we record on May 31st, 2023, the Illinois attorney general's office, investigated release investigators office, or, the Illinois Attorney General's Office investigation released Tuesday that it found 451 Catholic clergy sexually abused nearly 2,000 children in the state over a nearly 70-year period. We did the which, math. It was about 40 a year. Which is more than four times the 103 individuals the church named when the state began its review in 2018. Catholic Church sounds awfully a lot like the police union. Listen, no, like this is, I mean, is somebody who grew up Catholic, 
and I'm assuming we have either Catholics or lapsed Catholics that watch and listen to our show. Um, I certainly am one of those lapsed Catholics. Uh, I wouldn't even say I'm a lapsed Catholic. I'm just not fucking Catholic anymore. No, you and, were baptized in the in the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Oh, Christ. dude, I, I was fucking confirmed, bro. It was yeah, I'm a confirmed Catholic. <laughs> it's confirmed. Uh, I went through all the childhood sacraments when it comes to the Catholic Church. I know it well. Uh, and like, listen, I don't have an issue. It, you know, again, like we talked about in the beginning of the show, it's like I don't have an issue with police officers, but I have an issue with policing. Okay. I don't have an issue with Catholics per se. That's your fate. You have an issue with Catholicism. But I have an issue with the Catholic Church. And if you want to sit there and be the the person that wants to shit on the people that satirize a church that whose clergy members who have been known to sexually abuse children for who the fuck knows how long, honestly, at this point. But then you want to be a, 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 a socio-conservative and talk about how uh, you know, the, the sisterhood of perpetual uh, indulgence or drag queens or, you know, whom, whomever LGBTQ people out there, they're the ones out there grooming your kids. This is probably like as much as I shit on like the socioconservative publications like the Daily Wire and the Blaze and those others. Like this is the problem. This might be their biggest miss yet, dude. Dude, it's low hanging fruit. They were they they sit there and pander so much about protecting the children and stuff like that, and then we have this documented case of thousands. Of, and this is just in Illinois. Yeah, there's 49 other states in this country, Dan. Dude, documented stuff of like the Catholic Church just repositioning priests. All they do right. is like if if they're like suspected or somebody's uh, makes a complaint about sexual abuse in a in a in a in a in a Catholic church. You know, in a small community or large community, doesn't matter. All they do is they just they just take them. They'll move them from whether it's here in Detroit, they'll just move them to Georgia. They'll move them somewhere else. They'll just get them out of there, where they just continue to do the same thing, and then they reposition them again. That's why I compared them to the police unions. Just a yeah. couple of weeks ago, we talked well, about fair. that cop who killed Brianna Taylor, got moved forty five minutes away or whatever to another police precinct. Mm. Same fucking you did shit. Say that I remember that. Yeah. Look, it's. I mean, like this one really, this one really kind of chapped my ass. Like, you're really defending the Catholic Church. Yeah, the the, the people, yeah. the people, the people that the, the socio conservatives that all they want to talk about is how drag queens are grooming your kids. All they want to do is talk, call everybody a groomer, and you want to defend the Catholic Church right. of and all hey, institutions, the quick, Catholic hey, Church. Bell. Hey, Belle, if you can, look up how many uh, people who dress in drag sexually abuse kids for me, would you? The data is probably so it's minimal. Probably it's probably not even anything. And it's, it's, pro it's, probably, it's probably hard to, it's probably hard to, to really... Because, uh, yeah, they just take their dress off and go, what do you mean? Yeah, it's probably hard to nail down. But, like, I mean, look, there's documented, uh, documented cases of, of sexual abuse in the Catholic Church going back fucking forever. Like when 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 you said like oh wow there's a reason there's jokes two thousand kids in the Catholic Church in the state of Illinois uh, were were sexually abused from 1950 until I don't remember when you said it ended but I wasn't that surprised it's like yeah I'm like shocker you know it, it's it's sad, sad that we feel it? that way yeah it's sad that we feel that way it's like I mean I I mean I can tell you my own situation the small church I went to 
as a kid, to... we had Father Steve. I mean, no, I was never an altar boy. I never did any of that. Lucky, thank set God. The story up for so many jokes. <laughs> but no, we we. I just remember, like one day, Father Steve was just gone. Nobody had an explanation. He was just gone. Fuck. And it's like I'm not saying that Father Steve was touching boys or whatever, but I mean, why else would he just be gone? Like just one one Sunday mass, we showed up and he was not there. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he just was. He was just not there. <laughs> That's my uh, my fiance Marissa. Yeah, sure, you weren't. <laughs> I don't know what she's talking about, <laughs> Father Steve and you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, I was not an altar. Growing boy. up non-denominational, it's so funny. Like just, it's, it's the same, you know, the same religion, but I grew up non-denominational and it's just the differences between just being a non-denominational Christian and a Catholic Christian is just out of this fucking world. It's insane. Oh, like the differences. Dude, being a Catholic is brutal. The masses are brutal. There's so much incense, man. I had asthma as a kid, and my I mom didn't you were going to say incest. <laughs> <laughs> no. I was going to say, well, I can't. I don't know. I'm not Catholic, but the the incense in the fucking church is yeah. so strong. I had asthma as a kid, and my mom would like like she would get mad at me because I'm like, mom, I can't keep standing and kneeling and sitting and standing and kneeling. I can't breathe, and she didn't believe me. It was like it was that bad. It's, it's just, just the devil oh, coming dude, out of you, boy. <laughs> I don't. I you know. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna take a minute to bitch about like Catholic Mass for a second. It is the most boring hour of your life. It feels like four hours long. It's 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 like depressing. It's it's not. It's just like it's got this depressing feeling to it. Like a, all the songs are like oh, and it's it's just it's it is the worst hour you could ever spend on a Sunday. Is at a Catholic Mass. Yeah, Sierra Church has had like full bands with percussion and like yeah, fun. It's like a party, right? It should be. Yeah, and it, my fiance also just said that Catholic weddings are even worse. Trust me, I was at a million of them, babe. Uh, but <laughs> it's they're they're absolutely horrible. Oh yeah, even the Lutherans, the Lutherans too. The Lutherans are Catholic light. Yeah, more or less. They just have one like one one or two less sacraments. That's, that's, that's two less four-hour-long masses you have to go to. <laughs> it's funny, too, because, like, I've gone to quite a few different, like, different sects of the Christian church. Like, uh, I went to a mega church for a little while, and then they're, they're, uh, they'd have an hour of, like, their, uh, their not communion, but uh, tithes and offerings. An hour of talking about how important it is to just give them money. And, yeah, I'm... I'm, I've been, I've been, uh, the collection been, basket. Yep. I've been to that. I've been to a, like churches that were so small. It started with the, with the, uh, membership of like maybe 20 people. Yeah. It's wild. I've, I've been through all sorts of different, I've seen pastors get fired because they didn't bring enough new people to the church. Yeah. That's a whole nother story, man. That's, That's capitalism other... right there, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Christians love capitalism, which is funny because Jesus didn't. Anyway, if you're this is this is where I'm going to leave this. If you're a social conservative and you want to shit on the sisters of perpetual indulgence because they're shitting on the Catholic Church, I don't we don't like to do this on this show, but sometimes we make exceptions. I am openly calling you a fucking hypocrite. <laughs> I'm just I'm sorry, like there's no other way to explain 
shitting on people that you think are groomers while defending people that are actual documented groomers and actually rape kids. Yeah. Just Goodbye. Of them. Goodbye. See you later. Good night. Yeah. Uh, shall we get into the debt ceiling? Quote unquote crisis, Corey. We have a crisis. Oh, Bell came back and said that he can't find any dead on drag queens and sexual abuse towards kids. Imagine that. <laughs> he said he found more stories about drag queens putting themselves in harm's way to save children than harming children. But his caveat is the media is the media. So take that with a grain of salt. That's true. That's true. Yeah. We, you know, it is what it is. Bell, Bell did a, a, a short deep dive here live. Um, so for anybody who's who's going to email us or get after us on Reddit, uh, Bell just he did that in about eight minutes. So if it's out there, we want to know about it. Uh, I'm already you know, out of Bell, gas. You know, you always, show over yet? You can always hop on in and just say this shit. He always puts like LOL in the private chats. <laughs> but I also don't want him jumping in just to laugh and then get back. <laughs> he just hops in and goes <laughs> and then Peter Griffin's down and leaves. <laughs> and me uh <laughs> and me <laughs> uh how about the debt ceiling crisis Corey? what about it what about it it is the topic that i was dreading most talking about uh because we evening. knew how it was gonna end remember so, we said it like two weeks ago like they're gonna make this big stink about it and then right down at the wire they're gonna be like uh None of us are happy with the compromise, but this is politics. It's the I feel like we're about to just have the same conversation that we had the last time the death the debt ceiling vote came to fruition. This is okay. So let's just make it real simple. This is the way the debt ceiling always works. First of all, if you don't understand what the debt ceiling is, it has nothing to do with spending. It has to do with the giving the the federal government the ability to pay the debt that's already on the books, right? So that's number one. It has nothing to do with spending more money, okay? That's number one. Uh, so what always happens is Republicans sit there and grandstand and pretend like they need to uh, perhaps let the government default on its debt, even though they don't actually feel that way. They just feel like they have to say that in order to get concessions from Democrats for other spending issues. And each side ends up caving a little bit. And ultimately, boom, we ex either extend the date of when the debt ceiling stops or we actually raise the debt ceiling. That's what happens every single goddamn time we have this conversation. And it's what's going to happen every single goddamn time we have this conversation until all of the octogenarians are out of our federal government. And I love the way Catherine Mangie Ward put it on the uh, Reason Roundtable this week. When are we just going to be the generation that takes the car keys away from our parents? Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, mom and dad. You're 89 years old and you can't fucking see anymore. You can't drive the car. Dad, you hit a little person smoking a joint. You thought it was a skunk. And we are no longer letting you drive the Buick. Yes, and the Buick is is <laughs> I don't even what's the analogy <laughs> for the Buick. I don't even know what the Buick is. Oh, the Buick is just our fucking economy. That's right. <laughs> the Buick is in the shop forever now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dan. It's, it's just never making its way out. It's it's a lemon. Sorry. <laughs> you know, they just don't make them like they used to. So I mean, the only thing I'll I'll talk about this, right? So the only thing that makes this debt ceiling quote unquote crisis. A little bit different is that 
we have the Freedom Caucus morons in 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 Congress now. And if you can't see a reason, I don't care how ardent of a Trump supporter you are. If you can't see how the Freedom Caucus is actually a danger, at least to our immediate future, I don't really know how to convince you at this point. Because the Freedom Caucus has made it very, 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 very clear that all they care about is making Joe Biden look bad. They will or fuck Democrats with, in general. The fuck with any any debt ceiling deal just to make Joe Biden look bad. It does not matter if their constituency is going to lose all of their jobs. It doesn't matter if the global economy is going to crash. As long as as long as it looks like Joe Biden's responsible. Right. And really stick it to him. Let's let's not pay our bills. Because it's like someone who's like who's pissed off at their phone company so they don't pay the phone bill. And then their phone gets shut off and then they're wondering why. Yeah, because I'm trying to think of a good analogy. I can't uh, no, think yeah, of no, one. No, 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 they don't pay their phone stupid. bill. They don't pay their phone bill because you know their 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 wife or their mother who's mad at them hides the bills from them and they don't know how much they're supposed to pay. I mean, that's, I guess that's the, it's probably a really bad equivalent, but that's yeah, kind of what I, I, yeah, I don't get it. I don't get like, because like, if this isn't a, like, that's the thing is like, this isn't a reconciliation bill. This is raising the debt ceiling to make sure that we don't default on our debt for bills and money. That's already like projected to be spent. Yeah. And that's, that is the thing that like frustrates me about establishment Republicans. Stuff that they all voted to agree on to yes. pay in the first place. Yes. And that's that's kind of the, that's that's one of the things that really frustrates me about Republicans in ways that I don't get frustrated at Democrats. Like Democrats have their own fucking problems. Uh but re Republicans have this have this thing where they they want to they want to pretend like they're not involved with the national debt, but like you don't hit the hundreds of fucking trillions and billions and zillions of national debt, like this astronomically high number that I actually forget sitting here live today. You don't get manner. that without bipartisan support. Yep. So stop being the ones like if Republicans would just stop pretending like they're the ones that want to, that want to slow down spending in general, I would take them a hell of a lot more seriously than I do the Democrats, but they don't because Republic, like, We've gotten to the point where the Democrats are the bullies and the Republicans are just impotent little turds and that 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 kind of sneak and skirt around the edges in order to make their constituency think that they're fighting the evil Democrats when, as we know, they're on the same fucking team. Yeah, absolutely. So. It's like going on a date with someone saying you're going to split the bill and then, oh, I forgot my wallet. What well, that know, card it, got declined? What do you mean? Well, and, and here's 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 the other thing, right? You have the neoconservative aspect of it, right? Because you had Mitch McConnell come out today and say that the worst part of the debt ceiling deal that that Kevin McCarthy struck with Joe Biden is that is the defense spending cap. Are you kidding me? That's the best fucking part. Right. Like if there is a good part of this deal, it is capping spending on the fucking military. It's not enough. You should be reducing its budget. But I mean, like as a small consolation prize, I will take 
capping the spending on the military budget. But Captain Neocon, Mitch McConnell, says that's that's the worst part of this deal. But he also then, on the other, on the other side of his mouth, told, uh, it, told Republicans in the Senate to vote for this if it passes the House, which it looks like it's going to at this point. Um, I don't think we have all the details on it at this point, but it's just, oh, it's no, just I the think, same old caps. Shit. I don't mean to interrupt you, but uh, CNN's oh, reporting that there's caps on non-defense spending. No, uh, uh, yeah, also. Oh, was there a cap on defense spending? Yes, the uh, maybe Bell can find it for us. Uh, the, but because Mitch McConnell, about I don't know, about fucking forty-seven minutes ago, had a quote about the worst part of the deal is the cap on defense spending. Unless I read that wrong, maybe Bell can find it for us. Maybe I just talked out of my ass for the last five minutes, but I've done that. I've been known to do that before. Bell will correct us. The um, breakdown of non-defense discretionary spending of fiscal 2024, according to a source familiar with the deal, is that the cap would be about $704 billion, of which $121 billion would be for veterans, medica- medical care, and $583 billion would be used for other areas. But so they're rolling, so what the, so I'm not exactly sure about the uh, defense spending, but what we're looking at is they're rolling everything back to like 2022 budget uh, limited to a 1% annual growth for the next six years. Which, okay, that's actually, I'm not that upset about it. Let's cause we do have to get a handle on our debt. We have to. Right. The problem that I have is, and, and I agree with that, right? The, you know, the small libertarian in me has no problem with that. However, the, the issue that I have is the phony ask of Republicans. They they act like that's what they're trying to do, and they're not, because when when it comes when we when we whenever we start talking about spending, there's all of the all of the good stuff that really could reduce spending, Republicans won't touch. Right? They won't touch the defense budget. They won't touch, uh, and look, this is this is a difficult conversation for a lot of people, but they won't touch Medicare and Medicaid, which I don't necessarily know that it needs to be cut, but we know that the way that our aging population is going and, and the, the, the ultimate uh, downfall of Medicare and Medicaid, and particularly Social Security, with more people pay, or more more people people collecting more in their retirement than they're paying in eventually those programs become solvent you still have insolvent you still have to you you have to discuss reform and they won't even discuss reform i'm not i'm not an advocate of like getting rid of these programs per se but like what we're doing right now eventually is going to stop working and i have i had an old man I won't say who it was. Uh, not that long ago, tell me, well, uh, uh, Social Security is never going to go away because it's in a trust. As if, no, like, it's not. It's in the general slush fund. As well, even so, like, let's just say he was right. Like, even if it's in a trust, like that, how does that make it so that it can't become insolvent at some point? And it's easy for you to say, as a seventy-five-year-old man who's going to be long dead by the time that I'm ready to collect on my Social Security, why should you give a shit? 
how's it going bright and nice but yeah yeah no you're absolutely right um so, but yeah so according to reuters the deal would boost total defense spending to $886 billion in line with Biden's 2024 budget spending proposal. That is about a 3% increase from the $858 billion allocated in the current budget for the Pentagon and other defense-related programs and other agencies. Um, and I guess yeah, there was something else I read that they're, gonna, they're, they're tightening up on work requirements for things like SNAP and stuff like that. And this is what pisses me off about this now that I'm reading this about the increased defense spending. The Pentagon continually fails its audits religiously and we're giving them more money and we're going to take it away from poor people. Okay. That sounds pretty normal. <laughs> that sounds about, that sounds pretty on par for the American. Okay. Budgeting. So I'm looking at, I'm looking at a, a piece from the Washington example. We're giving Senate majority leader, because uh, I kind of want to clear up this, this defense spending thing. Uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said the cap on defense spending for the next two years is the worst part of the debt limit deal struck between House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and President Joe Biden. Oh, a 3% um, increase cap is what he's upset about? Right. Okay. So okay. that's what I was referring to. But still, okay. like, I still, I, I will still go back and say, like, any kind of cap on defense spending in in any context is a good thing. And McConnell wants to act like it's the worst part of the deal. Good day to you, fellow intellectual idiots. If you're this far into the show, we're guessing that you probably like it. So we'd just like to ask you to hit pause. And on whatever platform you're listening, just leave us a quick review. It really does help us grow and gives us an opportunity to bring you even more great content in the future. And we'd also like to ask you to just press that share button and just send this episode to one friend that you think might be interested in our line of conversation. The best way for podcasts to grow in the sea of millions of podcasts really is through word of mouth. So every little bit helps and we appreciate you all. So let's get back to the show. So anyway, I'm glad we cleared that up. Me too. Uh, oh, fuck. Did you, <laughs> did you got you a just, lot of head. Did you just overpour your head? I think I'm okay. For those just listening, Corey's pouring a beer and having a real hard problem. I'm just doing my best. For those watching, I have a long, long, long island iced tea here. Extra long, like oh, extra island, extra oh, tea. So good. Extra booze. <laughs> Not nice. tea. There's no tea in a long island iced tea. <laughs> what? I'm going to have to make you one of my long islands, Corey. I think you might like it. Yeah, I confused the long island with a four horsemen right before <laughs> the show. So I don't even know what's in a long island. We'll go over that later. We never had one because I'm always like, I don't even like tea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really like tea. I don't want that. There ain't no tea in it. That's for sure. Oh, gross. Uh, anyway, we just. I have slowly as I gotten older begun to kind of like tea. We lost track of ourselves there for just. A um, yeah, sorry. Um, but yeah, so. There's the cap on non-defense spending up to a 1% increase until fiscal 2025. It protects veterans' medical care, which is fucking good. That's a good thing. Expanding the work requirements pisses me off because we constantly just hand out tax breaks and subsidies to big corporations and businesses without giving them any sort of stipulations. Like, for example, graphics packaging in Michigan just got 125 tax subsidy to help their expansion. And there's no stipulations for them, and they're poisoning the city. 
Allegedly. And, allegedly. Uh, that's what the MHDS or MDHSHS, whatever that acronym is, shows. Some acronym. <laughs> um, they're going to be clawing back some of the COVID-19 relief funds, which I'm fine with because COVID, uh, the pandemic is over, according to our government. And one that I'm actually happy with is uh, it cuts internal revenue service funding. Everyone should be happy with that. Yes. I mean, that, that's that's a good thing. However, I will say this. The only reason that's taking place is because it's Biden's IRS. That doesn't make it that doesn't make it any less right, uh, because as we talked about what uh, I don't know, whenever whenever Biden announced the uh, the the. Uh, what is it? The 85,000 new employees, which I think came out to, I think Bell's got the numbers like 6,000 new agents or whatever. And we talked a lot about uh, how they're going to be coming after you and me because we're a lot easier targets than a big corporation for our tax dollars. Mm -hmm. So like, even if it, even if that's something that really wasn't done in good faith, as far as cutting the IRS budget, yeah, it's a good thing. uh, But understand it wasn't done because like Republicans are somehow more virtuous than Democrats. It's just another way to try and fuck over Joe Biden. So so sometimes, sometimes when these two sides try just all they care about is fucking each other over. Sometimes it results in something good. Student loan borrowers got to begin paying back their student loans at the end of the summer. That's bad news for, for you. Yeah, it's bad news for me. Also, the agreement would maintain Biden's plan to provide up to $220,000 in debt relief for qualifying borrowers. Maintains the climate and clean energy measures. And then, and then oh, then they threw this one in, I'm sure, for uh, Mansion. Wait, is Mansion from West Virginia? Mansion, or is that Cinnamon? Cinnamon's from Arizona, I believe. So, uh, so Mansion is West Arizona Virginia, or New Mexico, right? one of those desert states. Isn't Mansion West Virginia then? Or yeah. is he one of the Carolinas? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, he's, oh he's but this agreement would also speed the creation of the Mountain Valley Pipeline, a natural gas pipeline in West Virginia. Which is funny as I think about stuff like pipelines and stuff, and how uh, I was, I remember just being staunchly against him in sixteen. Cinemas from and, Arizona, and at this point, pipelines just seem a whole lot safer than trains or yeah, <laughs> or <West> semis. <sighs> But I mean, that's that's the thing that always bothers me, too, right? Is like the Republicans always talk about cutting spending, cutting spending, cutting spending. And then at the end of the day, they don't have anywhere to cut it from and still keep their constituents happy. Yeah, right. Because it's like a lot a lot of what's a lot of what has been cut in the past. And I'm actually kind of glad that this that this agreement uh, didn't have this particularly take place, but a lot of the things that they've cut from is like VA, you know, mm-hmm. vet- veterans care. And it's like, I thought Republicans were like pro military. They're not anymore. But not you're not anymore. In the not with, not after Ukraine, Corey. Now it's the Democrats that are pro war. So maybe they'll be uh, fighting for veterans care as we go forward here. Hopefully. <laughs> I It's, 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 I don't know. It's brutal. It's it's just such a stupid conversation. They're going to come to an agreement. The octogenarians are going to continue all the time. They're going to continue to balloon the debt. Like it's not. We're going to have this. We're going to have this conversation again until we until we take the car keys away from our parents. That's it. Yeah. It's just stupid. It's just unneeded stress on the American psyche. You know what? I just thought of something interesting. Do you think so? Millennials, right? Which is our generation. Um, not as young as some boomers tend to still think we are. 
Uh, uh, the youngest versions of us are in our early 40s now. Uh, and I think oldest the youngest versions. Huh? You said the youngest versions. The oldest I meant to versions. say oldest. The oldest, the oldest versions of millennials are now in their early 40s. I think the youngest are now at least in their late 20s. Uh, if not early, early, thir- we're like we're fucking grown ass adults now. And maybe this is anecdotal, but I have found that our generation is more fiscally responsible than our parents were. Well, we you, have to. Well, I mean, maybe some of that, some of that is by force, but like when, so like same when millennials, when we get into our fifties and we actually start to take power in corporations and in government, are we just basically going to be fiscal conservatives? Is that going to happen? We're going to be forced to be. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, man, our kids are going to hate us. <laughs> well, well, we have to be. Unfortunately, as it is, we're heading into this impasse in our country where, like, someone eventually is going to have to like really put reins on our just ridiculous amount of debt that's just being spent. Or the ridiculous amount of money that's being spent that just keeps propelling us into more and more debt. And if we don't want our kids to deal with that, we might have to get rid of the frills. We might have to take care of this a little bit so then we can get the books right. So when our kids come along, we can give them, you know, better education, clean air, clean water, better roads, public transportation, more help with health care. Things like that. Shall we rock into the uh, Montana TikTok ban? Yeah, why not? This is this is. I think we might even. I don't know how much Bell has looked into this, but we maybe we'll bring Bell in for this segment uh, because I really have not looked into this a whole lot, other than like Montana wants to ban TikTok. It's. I mean, that's all I really know. Yeah. So Montana became the first state in the U.S. to completely ban TikTok last week. The measure is expected to be challenged legally and will serve as a testing ground for the TikTok-free America that some national lawmakers have envisioned. Montana's new law prohibits downloads of TikTok in the state and would fine any entity, an app store or TikTok, ten thousand dollars a day for each time someone is offered the ability to access the social media platform or download the app. Thank God, though, the penalties will not apply to users. So that's what the plan is. Um, the ban will also, it'll also go into effect January 1st. And if the courts don't act first, any app stores that offer TikTok, um, they'll be facing penalties enforced by the Monta- Montana Department of Justice. That penalty starts at an initial $10,000 per violation and then $10,000 a day that the violation continues. So first, let's talk about how dumb this is and how it's not going to work. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's called VPNs, first off. Secondly, what is this? Like, what, like, is there gonna, they going to put up signs at the border like TikTok free zone? Well, no, it's it's interesting that you bring that up, right? Because there actually there have been discussions in inner circles that I've heard about. I don't know how accurate this is, but so take take what I'm about to say with a grain of salt. Um, but there have been discussions, to my understanding, about the possibility of banning VPNs, which I, I which I do believe was part of the uh, what is it the new Patriot Act? What was that? The what, Restrict what, Act. The Restrict Act. I believe it, I believe it's in there again. 
haven't read it. This, this is just one of those things where I'm 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 speaking maybe a little bit out of turn. But would I be surprised if that was in there? So like when you combine Montana's TikTok ban with like a ban on VPNs, I don't know. But that's the thing is like I don't know how you ban a VPN. Like well, then what know, does someone do? Do they the just thing, leave like, the well, state? It's like it's like prohibition doesn't work, right? We know this. So it's like even if you ban VPNs, like like, so like let's just say that's the next step. You ban VPNs. Like there's going to be some pirate out there that's going to make a ton of money on the black market figuring out how to do VPNs off the grid. Right? So it's like I just don't know like how it's it's funny too cuz Montana a conservative state, right? Like shitting on free market stuff because that's yeah. what that's what tiktok is like you can be afraid of it and like the china data collection and like these are all like valid concerns i get it but like just like we know about it who right. like who doesn't know at this point that the ccp is collecting your data using tiktok i mean there's probably more than or we how about just everyone's collecting your data if you're not paying that's for a, a service, point. you are the product. That that's a great point. So it's like, why can't? Why is it not okay for China to collect our data, but it's okay for our tech our tech companies the to collect UK our data? The UK just sued and then use Facebook. It. Yeah, the UK just sued Facebook. It might have been the last year or two, but like it's generally recently for mining the data from its users. And guess what? That's a social platform from a foreign country in their country mining their citizens' data. But it's an ally, so it's okay. But it's okay when America's companies do it. It's just a bunch of crack of shit. Like, oh my God, they're mining the data of uh, me when I watch goofy TikTok videos. And then they're realizing what I like and dislike. Oh no. What's like, that they can, that they can like, target me better with marketing shit? You can scare people with the fact that, oh my God, China's collecting your data. It's like, my, my bigger concern is, okay, but. Are they just are they collecting? Like, what are they doing with it? Is really yeah. what my I think is, are they doing that, that? But are they doing anything differently than like a Facebook or a Twitter does, which right. is basically sell it to places to use against you or use to mark to market towards you? So what would the CCP do in that situation? Like, let's say like replace AT not AT&T is a stupid example, but replace uh uh Netflix with the, the Chinese Communist Party, like Netflix is going to mine my data and they're going to maybe know what I watch on Netflix and they're going to market different shows to me to get me to watch them, right? What's China going to do with that? What's China going to do with that information? They're probably, maybe they'll foment dissent against the United States government. I don't know what they're going to do with it. I would right, so that's why I'm it. actually, I'm okay with the federal ban of not allowing TikTok on government phones. That's fine with me. When you're a public servant, you are held to a different standard than the private citizen. So you would be okay if, if you were elected to office, getting a government, deleting TikTok from your phone. But here's no, no, with- not my phone. My phone would be a private phone. Your government phone. But my government phone. Well, so and, and I've had. Have you ever had a job where you have like a job phone, yeah, an extra phone? Yeah. It's yeah, I've self censored my it. phone. Yeah, I've self censored myself on those phones. Anyways, I don't download Facebook and use the company phone for any of my social media shit or anything because I don't want my work knowing that shit. Right. 
if I'm in a public service position, I'm not going to be dilly-dallying on TikTok with my government phone anyways. I'd be on my private phone. Yeah, and and the other the other question is like, how is this going to be enforceable? Right. Are we going to watch how fast we see lawsuits because someone in a state next to Montana lives right on the border and the cell phone tower that gives them service is being pinged from just a hundred feet away in Montana. I don't, they think, can't have I don't think you realize how remote Montana and Idaho and Wyoming are. <laughs> right. But like, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like I could, I, so, so Montana would be a bad example, but like, let's say like New Jersey decided to do that. And there was like a, a phone tower across the river in New York that right. pinged. Yeah. That would be, I, because that happens when you go down to Detroit, you get those text messages. Welcome from, to Canada. Canada. And it's like, I'm yeah. not a fuck. Am I that drunk? I think I'm still in the US. <laughs> not even honestly, not even just Detroit. Like if you go, if you go up to like Port uh, Huron, Port Huron, the, the or even even north of Port Huron, like it's 40 I've got it Port Crescent. It's 40 miles from from north of Port Huron over into over into Canada, and you will still get those Canada texts. It's 40 yeah. miles a straight line across the lake. Yep. I've gotten in Port Crescent, gotten in Algonac, Port Huron, all up and down St. Clair Shores, Metro Beach. I've gotten it at Metro Beach. Interesting. Nobody knows what that is, but it's none okay. of that. No, no. So in Michigan, where we are, we actually Michigan actually has one of the biggest international borders of any of the states. Is there okay? So this is a little bit of a nonsensical conspiracy theory here, but. Do you think part of with Montana being such a conservative state, like, I don't care if you're a conservative state. Did they just legalize weed or was that Missouri? It was Missouri. I think it was Missouri. Bell will find it for us. Uh, I like how Bell's just become our bitch. <laughs> no, he's our Jimmy. <laughs> it's 100% nice. Missouri, by the way. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, be nice to Bell. I'm, I'm nice. It's You know what? Long Islands make me mean. Sounds like it. As soon as he gets off this podcast, he's gonna go punch holes in the drywall. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Fucking Montana. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go kick my dog and beat my wife. (laughs) (laughs) And blame it on TikTok. No. So the conspiracy theory I had was that like, how much of this is actually China, and how much of the fact that uh, how much of the fact that like TikTok is kind of a a woke platform is the reason for this ban that and the narrative can't be controlled on TikTok. It's very clear that the FBI has, you know, and the government has their fingers all up in the guts of Twitter and Facebook and Instagram Ooh, great and all point. these other things, but they don't in TikTok, and they can't control it. And that's why they're afraid of it. Great point. Take a tinfoil hat off now. Did you come up with that all on your own? Yeah. <laughs> I was just wondering if you had. Heard, I was just wondering if you had heard that theory elsewhere. I may have been passing or something. That's just something I could. I thought of, you know, because Twitter used to be the same way, and then they decided to hire a lawyer that was ex FBI, and then we saw how that went. Ah. <laughs> uh, anyway, fuck Montana's TikTok man. Yeah, it's stupid. It's probably not even gonna. It's probably not even gonna hold up in the courts. Um, the government has a huge 
as like, like our the Supreme Court, like our judicial system has a huge boner for siding with corporations like they just did with the Sackler family. That's so, true. You want to update the people on Kalamazoo? Yeah, let's talk about it a little bit. It's it's interesting because I like I, I frame it as an update. There isn't really that much of an update. <laughs> no, we just we literally heard about it like maybe a day or an hour even before we started talking about it on the show last week. Uh, but we have had some responses mm-hmm. via email and, uh, and, 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 and via, via Reddit. Um, we've talked to some folks. We just had an interview earlier today that we won't get too much into. That was uh, a, a good one. Um, as we approach this, this coming weekend, uh, the first weekend of June, we plan on making our trip out to Kalamazoo and, and really take a really take a look for ourselves with regards to how much poison there really is in the air from graphic packaging. So we're um, because poison ourselves. Yeah, but well, that's the thing is like we the interview that we just did, uh, we were told by this young woman, don't come out here. It's not worth it. She actually told us that. Yeah, she you did. Won't, you won't hear that in the interview. Don't come out here. It's it's not worth the risk. Um, because apparently the guys from Status Quo and M Live and some of the other places that have actually gone out there to cover this have gone back home sick for a couple of weeks. I mean, look, we're just taking what she says. Um, I don't know if that's true. Uh, I don't really have any reason not to believe her. Really, I don't really know why she would lie about something like that. Yeah, she's uh, got receipts. She's she's definitely got some receipts. It was it was it was um, it was it was definitely a good interview, uh, and. Look, this is a situation that we have gotten a lot of good feedback on, but it's also a situation where we've gotten some bad feedback, which is interesting, right? Because so I like so yeah, we can get into that a little bit. So I posted in the Reddit that we were interested in the story and if we wanted everyone to talk to us, and we've had mostly positive responses. But we had one response from a young man well, we don't know if he's young or old or a man, to be honest. <laughs> right. It's kind of, he's kind of, he's very anonymous. And it's looking like we might actually be able to get him on the show. In typical Reddit form, very, very anonymous. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's the whole point of Reddit, right? Uh, but um, he, he starts by saying, let me see if I can find it real quick. He starts by saying, I'm listening to your stream. I think it's fantastic that the graphics packaging issue is getting attention that it needs. And I hope it is resolved without needing to become a national talking point. But if it, if that's what it takes, then so be it. Wait, let me stop you right there. I'm glad this is being talked about, but I hope it's resolved without becoming a national talking point. Again, we're hopefully going to have this person on our show and I'm going to really do my best not to be mean. Yeah, and if he's listening, it's the show, you know, I'm usually the one that's giving people the benefit of the doubt. Dan's the one that gets hot under the collar. Ask me. But, <laughs> you, like, why does it matter? I guess what I would ask is why does it, and he can listen to this and maybe get a get a, a sense of our interview questions, but, like, why does it matter if it's national news or not as long as it's resolved? Because when you when you ask, when you say something like that, it leads me to believe that you have ties to something. Like, somehow graphics packaging and their reputation means something to you or the reputation of the city 
or yeah, it could be the city. Could you know, be like there's, there's, so there's, there, yeah, because there is, there's multiple angles. You know, it's like why? Uh, that's a little, that's a little bit of a suspicious part of your comment. I would say. Yeah, he uh, he says he has a BS in environmental science, has worked in both public and private sectors for conservation, regulatory compliance, hazardous materials management, drinking water and wastewater operations. He said not federal EPA or in Michigan. Um, he uh, goes on to say that he has very little patience for people who come in from the outside to the, his community and spread misinformation about an issue that has caused actual suffering to the people of Kalamazoo for a platform that brings themselves revenue. Okay, let me stop you there. First of all, we don't have any revenue. Yeah, that's, not, that's a number one. Oh, see, I said that, and I, that's why I feel like like this guy. He definitely got upset with because he, and this is why I'm even giving him any credence or anything. He took the time to listen to what we had to say. He listened to the whole goddamn episode, even though our segment was only like ten minutes, roughly, for Kalamazoo last week. And that's that's a valid point. You don't want grifters coming in just to make a buck, come in and go look, we're doing good. And then go back home and live their their lives. Right, but let like me that. tell you, let me tell you how I read that comment. I read that comment as 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 if because it, it 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 almost seems like he won't be happy with the way it's reported at all, because he does go on to to shit on status quo a little bit, and that's that's fine. Like, you know, we don't have any affiliation with status quo. I happen to like the topics that they cover. You know, whether or not they're grifting. It's not really for me to say, but they're at least you, bringing attention to something. Exactly. And if you're, if you're going to sit there and say that, uh, you know, I, you know, I don't like outsiders coming in and reporting on this just to make money on it. Well, I don't know if you know this, but media is a for-profit business. And in order to continue to report on the things that matter, you have to be able to take home a paycheck to your family to feed them so that you can then continue to go out and report on stuff that matters. Right. So if anybody that comes in and reports on it and and gets you know more members or subscriptions or whatever out of it, yeah, I mean that's part of it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you are uh doing it just for the money. I feel like most people that get into this, that get into independent investigative journalism, they're they're doing it for virtuous reasons, and yeah, okay, they make a buck off of it because they have to. I mean, eat. let's be honest; that's our ultimate goal. Not not based off this story. I'm I'm not saying this story in general, but our ultimate goal is to be able to be able to do this full time and bring attention to different topics and issues and and problems that we have in our country and try to force the hand of accountability and transparency in this country. I mean, that's and we have to be able to eat, right? So yeah, and I want to I want to create a better quality show. I wanted to have I wanted to be the point where we can do this almost every day, but I can't do that with my full time job. Nope. Next point. Um, but yeah, he says, uh, "I'm typing this as I begin listening to your segment." But then he goes, "Your discussion around GP starts around the one fourteen twenty five mark to start things off." You ironically parrot the claims of status clue. Then I mentioned our conspiratorial nature and very weirdly deflect the blame from NS to the EPA on their supposed handling of the controlled burn of spilled materials. I don't think we did that. Uh, we mentioned the EPA not doing a good job there. Yeah. And it's but not like he also, it's not, it's not a deflection of blame. No, 
If he went back and listened to us actually talking about that when it happened, we ran Norfolk Southern through the fucking hundred percent. We did because fuck them. Like it can, and but we also told Biden to kick rocks because of the fact that he told all the workers to get back to work when they were striking over these very issues. Yeah, and that's that's the issue with crony capitalism, not capitalism, but crony capitalism. You you have the corporation who is at fault, and you also have the government who is at fault because they're they're in they're financially in bed with each other. You know, it's it's okay to put blame on both. In my view, yeah. Because then he goes, performed by, uh, I'll make this quick, the controlled burn was performed by contractors brought in by the various emergency state and NS hired entities, not the EPA. The EPA is not a cleanup crew. The EPA only reported the, to the public on events and provided emergency consultation services for a disaster caused by the negligence of NS. Okay, which so, we've said. So, so, we, so I do remember saying that uh, there may have possibly been an illegal burn. I do, I do remember yeah. saying that. I, yeah, I think you may have you may have used the word apparently or possibly. You didn't say it definitively, but no, words and, and matter. That's, and you, if you hear it like that, so and that's just it. That's that's the kind of show we have. Like it's all about having a conversation. And yeah. sometimes I say some clunky shit. I mean, I was a little clunky. Dude, dude. I'm not a journalist. I say clunky shit all the goddamn time. We're intellectual I, idiots. <laughs> yeah, we're that's and that's the thing I want this this redditor to understand is like we're we're not journalists. Yeah, we're not. That's we're not, not professionals. We're giving a crack at it. We're here to have a conversation. <laughs> We're here to have a conversation. So yeah, we get shit wrong. Point it out. We don't have a problem with that. He said his favorite part of the opening exchange is one of the podcasts are literally saying that they were speaking out of their ass. That was probably me. That sounds like something I would say. For future reference, this would be a great self-indicator that you should stop talking, Dan. No, what this should be for you, uh, Redditor, is an indication that you should understand what our show actually is. This isn't like this isn't fucking Lou Dobbs tonight circa 1991. <laughs> this isn't just right. the facts, man. This is a conversation. And yeah, there's some opinions. And I think the, the quote unquote talking out of your ass part is part of actually having that's a our good caveat. It's part of having it's part of having a good nuanced conversation. It's like when someone goes, Hey, what stock should I buy? And you go, Well, I'm not a financial advisor, but yeah. Yeah, we're not experts. We openly he said his admit favorite, that. Uh, he goes, you blame the Whitmer administration because of the 2021 approval for the expansion from GP, despite the issue predating this. I experienced the smells in 2018, and there were articles I found in 30 seconds of Googling this time frame. I'm not sure how... I mean, I'm not. I'm just not sure how... I'm not allowed to blame Whitmer for the expansion just because you experienced something predating 2021. I'm a little confused on that one. You later falsely claimed that you looked into this and found that it wasn't talked about until 2021, which I don't think we said that. No, I, you know what? And, and that's another thing. Like maybe we did, because I didn't go back and listen to last week's episode, but maybe, maybe we clunkily did say that. But what I really, what we, I think what we really meant to say was that, it hasn't gotten garnered the amount of attention that it has now in late May of 2023 until the uh, reports came out that were in the M Live article with regards to um, how much pollution was. What's the name of the gas, Corey? I can't. I'm sorry, I don't have it in front of me. Uh, Hydrogen the, the, sulfide. Yeah, the, the, that it's. Uh, 400 parts or four parts per billion or whatever it is. I can't remember the numbers, 5. but it's 
significantly higher than it should be. Yeah, one point four billion until is like until affluent white communities safe. started complaining about it. Yeah, that's when that's it started to garner more attention. I'm not saying it had no attention, but like we live in Detroit, and we didn't fucking know about it until that happened, and we're not even that far away. Yeah, because he actually says that he goes, uh, "You start talking uh, at the 118 mark, you make a series of claims that sound okay until you start talking about how no one cared until affluent white people started experiencing issues, including death again." Why are we being unnecessarily misleading? No. So, okay. Let me, let me just respond to that. It's not that we're being unnecessarily misleading. It's that sometimes you have to exaggerate things when you're giving opinions, when you're doing a show that is partially garnered by entertainment. I love how we're doing this. <laughs> this is fantastic. I absolutely love this because here's the thing. I feel like, I feel like this Redditor, if, if he knew what our show was about, he might understand that he was taking this one segment that we did a little too literally. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, I guess when I hopped into that Reddit stream, I must've maybe came off too professional <laughs> with my first post. Maybe. I mean, that's why that's your, but job. he goes around the one. Uh, then he goes, you make true statements on the H2S limits, but make irresponsible correlation between the infant mortality. Not too egregious, but again, it is the un it is the unnecessary and mis misleading statements that gets me here. Just stick to the facts on H2S, which are probably the best recorded data points currently available if you have the patience to research this topic for 10 minutes. Yet, even on that, you can't stop yourself from drifting off on tangents and conspiracy. See, that's The it. tangents, he's that's on it. point. He's on point with the tangents. <laughs> See, that's it he's 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 treating the show as if we're supposed to like be like we're npr time. yeah, or yeah we're, we're not that's this is this is a commentary show then there's some silly tangent that implies that the state government is solely responsible for this because i guess gp enticed them with promises of the green energy revolution because to you it is a money grift a money laundering grift I don't know if I said that. If I did, maybe I did. Maybe I did. Like, look, that's what that's what that's why I love doing this show. I think that's why people like this show. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> I mean, but yeah. like, and then it goes, like it goes in that you know, like the, there is GP and the government are heavily entwined, intertwined. Right. And how much of it is uh corruption and how much of it is incompetence or negligence, yeah. Equally, equally troubling. Yeah, we're not we're not sitting here thinking there's people in smoky back rooms going, how are we going to fuck these people? Right. This is totally detached from reality. <laughs> As the truth is that GP is simply an abnormally terrible company when it comes to environmental compliance, my field of work. And the fact that GP is simply wanted to consolidate operations from Battle Creek into Kazoo. Which so, he, well, here's what right I'm gathering. Point. So here's what I'm gathering. It's like he's he's like listening to our 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 segment and just trying to go out of his way to find reasons to disagree with us when fundamentally we fucking agree it's it's a lot of the things we talk about in the various topics that we talk about mm -hmm. whether it's culture war stuff or politics or this kind of yeah, stuff so that's why i that's why, why are I you going so far out of your way to try and find reasons to disagree with us when fundamentally you actually agree well, that's what are we talking about? Actually, that's why I pursued this and want to talk to him because fundamentally, 
we agree that's what's happening in Kalamazoo is bad. And if he has a different perspective and he wants to give a narrative that doesn't necessarily have the frills and stuff that our show kind of does have, then by all means, if we can get more word out about this, then by all means, we can hate each other the whole time. <laughs> we might end up really liking each other. Who knows? Yeah, I agree. Um, then he goes, please stop calling it a cover up. It's not helpful. It's low effort and it's false. We all know about it. It's in the media. You are fucking talking about it and no one is stopping you. You're simply trying to act like you have the inside scoop. I don't, For your own I, benefit at the expense of us and the fears of real victims. You are just as gross as these corporations. I do not think we try to act like we have the inside scoop. No. <laughs> we had to all. go. We had to go to Reddit. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> we we openly admit we don't have the inside scoop yeah yeah but when we talk about a cover-up it's uh for the disaster that's actually happening there and like if these allegations are true the fact that it's like virtually m live instead is coup covering it and you're not seeing it and seeing it like the mainstream media stuff right that's what i mean when i say so again Okay, when so I guess we should use the word suppressed. So when you're taking me too literally, when I say something like nobody's covering this, you're taking me too literally. You're taking this show too literally. Don't ever take th this. A word of advice to all of our listeners. Don't ever take this show too literally. When I say something to the effect of uh, nobody's covering this, what I mean is CNN's not covering this. New York Times isn't covering this. You know, t the Washington Post isn't covering this. ABC, NBC, those, that's what I mean when I say all the alphabets. Yeah. And then I guess at 132, we blame Whitmer for Flint, which I don't remember doing. So I, I will speak to that. Uh, I don't, if I, if I, if I, if it sounded like I blamed Whitmer for, it was like hyperbolic kind of, no, for Flint, it was, it was again, me speaking in a clunky way. Um, We've talked about Flint before on this show. We don't blame Whitmer for the events that occurred in Flint. We're right, pissed and are, and are We are pissed about the fact that Dana Nessel hasn't done anything of substance. Uh, Governor Whitmer's AG hasn't done anything of substance to hold anybody in the Snyder administration, the previous Republican administration, responsible for what happened in Flint. We know there we know there were arrests, but no jail time. No, nothing, nothing of substance that would actually go. It was those people's fault. This is why it happened. This is how it happened. And this is how we're going to ensure it never happens again. And by the way, Flint still doesn't have clean water. So you can partially blame Governor Whitmer for at least that part. Why is it not fixed yet? Right. If Governor Whitmer is so much better than Rick Snyder. And then here's the part where I think he's trying to uh, actually insult us, <laughs> but I don't take it. It's like using, like calling someone in the UK the F word when it means cigarette. Hmm. He goes, You gray zone types are dishonest, centrist conservatives LARPing as leftists. And frankly, I'd prefer the outright fascists who are slightly more honest with their monstrous views. The amount of things that he accuses us of being in that one sentence that we're not, <laughs> it's just absolutely astounding. Don't, don't ever, we never claim to be leftists. We don't claim to be centrists. We claim to be pluralists, not centrists. Uh, what no, was we didn't see the nuance and stuff. What, what were the other things he called us? Oh, he would, you know, he said he would prefer the outright fascists who are slightly more honest with their monstrous views. 
So who are you talking about? I guess I know, Mussolini, I maybe. I don't know. Who's, who's he talking about? Is he talking about the Mussolini? The, the, is he talking about the Daily Wire types who just want yeah. to shit on drag queens for six hours a day? Okay, right. Consume their content. I don't. I don't know. Hmm. What to tell you. And then he goes at one thirty two forty nine. Here we go. Status quo is covering. <laughs> it's like I can. I can. I, when I read this, I could hear my voice and your voice, which is <laughs> I was actually kind of laughing. But status quo is covering this like crazy. Yeah, God bless them. As soon as we're done, please, please, please subscribe to Status Coup. We have no affiliation with Status Coup, and I hope they and then they subscribe to us, obviously, and then proceeds to suck off Status Coup for another 30 seconds. 30 seconds, man. That's a long time. So here's my problem with, with all of that. My problem with all of that is like he's basically pretending like he doesn't want anybody to cover it. Like if you don't like the way it's being covered. Okay, fine. Well, that's how we're gonna bring him on so he can do his own version. Like I, I do seriously want to talk to this guy. He might I do still too. bring value to the conversation. He's just, I can understand being pissed about grifters because we right, bitch but, about grifters all the time on our show. But here's here's the problem, and we do. But here's the problem I have with that. It's that it just kind of seems, and we'll let and him I'd talk. Also, I, we'll we'll I, let I, him talk for himself. We'll let him talk for himself. But it just kind of seems that like anybody that like turns a profit and we don't even turn a profit, but right. like anybody that like turns a profit or like makes revenue that is a that is uh, a media outlet that comes in to cover this is a grifter. It's almost like if you make money because you cover our story, you're a grifter. Well, if that's the case, then like say goodbye to independent media, say goodbye to media in general, because right. they all have to make money to keep things going. Yeah. And that's kind of the way he comes off. I'll let him defend himself. I'm not going to be an asshole. I'm not going to be mean. At the same time, Dan, Yeah, we're sitting over here, you know, two and a half hours away where the air here we think is clean. Mm-hmm. I feel like if we lived in a place like Kalamazoo, we'd probably also just be pissed off all the time also. I so guess. This might be a little bit of projection. I guess. I mean, maybe this guy's a lot more like me than I realize because I'm kind of a fucking cynic. So <laughs> maybe he's just giving me go. a taste of my own medicine. He goes, seriously, fuck you people. And I hope you step on a Lego as you cash your check, pushing conspiracy theories at our expense and shed fake tears for us to your benefit. And that's just it. Jokes too. on you. I step on Legos all the goddamn time because I have a four-year-old. Not to mention, it's like nothing that he said there could ever nothing that he said in that entire reply could suggest that we're like where's the conspiracy theory like did we did we say some things that were a little clunky and hyperbolic sure but like where's the conspiracy theory right that's what i don't understand and 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 like those that that type of language is what turns me off to a lot of things in life when you just want to, when when you just hear something that you don't like, or even just hear something that's that is incorrect, right? Sometimes people are wrong, like just because they're wrong, they're conspiracy theorists. Just right. because they're a little clunky in the way they talk about things, they're conspiracy theorists. At least they're having the fucking conversation. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so that's why I responded with want to say like, hey, we don't make a dime. In our podcasting efforts, as we are trying to spread awareness about different issues, as this isn't a money grab and want to see these problems resolved, we're not professionals, but self-described intellectual idiots. 
Appreciate you reaching out and breaking this down. We plan to read it on the show as adding more context is important. Would you be willing to elaborate more? So I'm sticking up to my end of the bargain that we actually read through and broke down what he was just saying. Because then his response to that was, I just sent you a DM. So we're going to have random Reddit user on the show. Yeah. And the fact that he wants to remain anonymous, we will respect. Um, We'll kind of see how that goes. Honestly, you know, I'm open-minded, but I think the fact that he is so tied to remaining anonymous is, you know, a little suspicious. I, I it's suspicious is the wrong word. Uh, but who knows what he has? I don't know. You know, I get it. I get it. I'm with you. I'll keep it. I'm going to keep an open mind. I'm not going to be an asshole. Uh, unless he gives me a reason to be an asshole, but he's the only one that had any sort of qualms with what we're doing. And that's, that's just it. He's the only one that seemed to have qualms and is the one that wants to remain anonymous, but also wants to talk about it. I get, I get, like I said, I get it. You're right. I'm people are unique, beautiful snowflakes or flowers, we're all all unique snowflakes or flowers or whatever you want to say, you know, it just. I guess my I guess my whole thing is Corey, and we'll end we'll end with this. Uh, and I, I, I'll I'll speak to to random Reddit user that I hope we have on the show. Is that I have absolutely no problem with you coming at us and telling us how and why we're wrong. What I have a problem with is when you try to accuse us of being something after listening to twenty minutes of a show that we have thousands at this point of hours recorded. And if, you know, you, you, you like to say that uh, if you if you had just done 10 minutes of research, you would have found this, you would have found this, you would have found that. If you had just listened to a few episodes of our show, you would have known how to uh, take the show. Yeah. As far as what it represents. Um, we'll be happy to have you on. I hope we have a good conversation. Um I think we I know that's it. I don't, I just, I just don't like being, I do not like being, I do not like being accused of being a conspiracy theorist. I yeah, mean, neither. That one hurt a little bit. Out of, out of the, <laughs> that uh, and grifter. And grifter. Yeah. I think you got to be making money to be a grifter, but here we are. Yeah. We're not swindling anybody. Little does he know if he comes on the show, maybe he'll help us make money and be actual grifters. All right. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Libservative Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservativeshow.com. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at LibservativePod. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast, and you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. Subscribe to your favorite conspiracy theorists today, right here. Yeah, this is why I'm telling you we need to have fucking tinfoil hats for... <laughs> Whenever we pull out anything that might sound like a conspiracy, I can joke about it because we do say that. Like, here's an interesting conspiracy theory, but it's just all in good fun. It's all in good fun. Right. Uh, anyway, we he's taken us more seriously than we take ourselves. Oh, 100. <laughs> I, I think honestly, that's what frustrates me more than anything else. It's like, dude, you're just taking us too seriously. Talk to right. us. It's okay. Uh, we're not serious at all. This is actually the first time we've actually tried to come down on a story because this is close to home and we don't want to see this shit. We saw Flint and didn't have a podcast. We didn't. You know what I mean? Like we we just said, I don't well, know. Obviously not actually over because it's still occurring. Uh but it, oh yeah, uh, the the uh 
in Flint, we didn't mention on the show, Flint still doesn't have drinking water. In the city hall, the drinking fountains are covered with garbage bags. And East Palestine's still fucked up. And it's NS's fault. And it's- <laughs> don't forget, don't forget to mention that. Make that clear. Uh, oh man, for Bell the Body Snatcher, he has been Corey Walsh. And he has been Dan Griffin. This has been Libservative, and we are out of here. We the people cannot turn back.